Do you feel like motherhood is mundane? A lot of mornings you wake up feeling like you lack joy or purpose. Do you also want to invite God into your mom life, your marriage, and your life in general, but you just don't know how? Do you feel tired, like you have no time, and you're always putting yourself last? Hi, I am Jill Warball a Christian mom life coach, and I'll be showing you each episode how to make time for you, your relationship with Jesus, and others. I'll teach you how to grow with God and apply his word to your everyday life. And most importantly, I'll be cheering you on each week, reminding you that you do have purpose and that you are worthy of a great future. You can find satisfaction in motherhood. I'm going to show you that you can live intentionally with less stress, more joy, all while serving God and others. So grab your Bible and get ready to be transformed. This is the Faithful Mama Podcast, a place where we learn to fill up on Jesus so that we can pour into others. Listen in. So today we have Natalie Hickson on um, the podcast, and I am just so excited to have her on because she is a life coach for moms who struggle with anger. And right before we got started, she actually said that she was talking to somebody and told them what she does. And they said, oh, well, don't all moms struggle with anger? (laughs) (laughs) And and it's funny because I feel like in motherhood, I'm the only one. I'm like, why, why do I get like this? I see all these other moms on Facebook and Instagram, their stories, and they seem so sweet to their kids. And, you know, why, why can't I be more like that? But I guess mm. it's just something that we don't, I don't really want to share with other people because we're embarrassed. You know, there's a shame point, you know, part to it. Um, so I just just I just want to give you the floor your story whatever um how you got started in coaching and then I think my listeners would just so appreciate you know tools that can help them in the moment and just a Christian perspective of the whole thing yeah absolutely so yeah I'm Natalie I um I live in Bozeman Montana with my husband and he's my high school sweetheart (laughs) um And we have three girls. One, we just took off to Tennessee to college this year, um, our oldest. And then we have a 15-year-old daughter um, and a 12-year-old daughter. So three girls. um, And really where I was, I would say, growing up. Um, My parents processed anger in a very loud and destructive way. They were yellers. They slammed doors. Um, so it was kind of what I watched as I was growing up. Um, and so as, as I got married and and had kids, I started to notice that type of behavior in me more so because my husband was not that way. Um, Mike is very quiet. He was very reserved. Um, when he was upset or when I was yelling at him, he would withdraw And so I can remember in the early, like the first year of marriage, when I'm having a screaming fit at him, just yelling at him, I'm like, why aren't you yelling back at me? (laughs) Like, 
because that's not how I do it. You know, right. I was like, right. oh, but I thought this was like normal. Right. <laughs> and and we had dated for five years, you know, but it really wasn't until we moved in together after we got married that it was really obvious that there was a big difference between us. Yeah. So um, it was enough, too, that I was kind of concerned about having kids because I was so angry. Um, obviously that didn't stop me. We brought Enya, our our oldest home from the hospital and things were okay until she was about two. And that's when her little two-year-old tantrums were really getting more and more epic. And you would find both her and I on the floor screaming at each other. Um, I was throwing a two-year-old tantrum right along with her and I'm absolutely not proud of that. Um, but it was, it's the reality. It's my story, right? Yeah. And, and it got scary, like to the point of, um, I was very abusive. I would spank her too hard. I would leave little bruises on her arm and her butt and threaten her. And it was, it was very scary. And I don't say that, um, lightly. I'm not trying to say this story so many times. And sometimes it can come across like, wow, like she talks about that. Like, it's not a big deal. And trust me, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it was scary. Uh, I was I was afraid for her. I was afraid for me. And I didn't know how to change it. And I didn't know if I could. Um, I would go to bed every night praying, God, just make it stop. And the next day I'd get up and it would just start all over again. Um, continue a few more years. And we brought her sister home. And there was really kind of a, a big moment where, you know, Enya's tantrums, they continued to get um, increasingly more difficult and epic because I didn't know how to handle it. When yeah. my husband would try to help, I would get mad at him for either intervening or, um, you know, just stepping in in that. And so we current, weren't really on the same page either. But I can remember one night nursing Sky, her sister, and Mike was trying to put Enya to bed and Enya's just throwing this epic tantrum. I'm in the room with the door shut nursing and all of a sudden I just, I hit my limit and I screamed at the top of my lungs for Enya to just shut up. And not that she could even hear that. Right. Right. But Sky stops nursing. She looks at me with this horrific little tiny baby face and just starts crying and wailing. And I'm like, this has got to stop. We can't keep doing this. Enya needs help. That was my first thought. Enya needs help. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, from that moment, we, I found a therapist and we actually took Enya to a therapist. And I was like, you know, if, if Enya can calm down and if we can help Enya with her tantrums, I won't get so upset. Right. And, and the therapist, she, after, you know, watching Enya and, and then talking to me and Mike alone, she's like, you know, Enya is a perfectly normal child for her age and development, but Natalie, you're the one who needs to be in here. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I was like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. But really deep down, I was very, very grateful that somebody was finally saying, Hey, there's hope and there's help and you can get through this. And if you work on you, then that will help Enya. Um, so I did, I did four years. It was psychoanalysis therapy. Um, it wasn't Christian based, but I did go through that. Um, and I learned a lot about me and a lot about my family history and, and, and just a lot of psychology in that. But I left therapy still yelling at my kids, right? And so I had started learning different ways on on processing, but I hadn't stopped the patterns that were so destructive still. 
I would say they had started to calm a bit, but they still weren't where I would like to see them. Right. Mm-hmm. But it got my ball rolling. And at some point in that time frame, I started to connect with the Lord more, right. And really dive deeper. Um, in my faith story, I was really close to him in high school and then getting married and having kids, I kind of lost sight of who he was in my life. And so, um, working through that, I just continued to rely, you know, just lead me. Um, I had various different projects in, in online businesses trying to work on and, um, nothing really stuck until I felt led to go to life coaching school, a Christian life coaching school. And it was in there that our instructor really was very adamant about the point that if you don't spend daily time with the Lord, you're not going to help your clients because you have to be able to hear from him in order to help them. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you shouldn't be giving biblical advice if you don't know the Bible yourself. Right. <laughs> it's like, so important. Right? right. So that's where I started my really started my habit of getting into the word on a regular basis. And that's where the able to start making that heart change. Um, so continued growth, kids are growing, Um, And then it was one night when I was with some friends. Um, It was a business type mastermind event. I stayed up late with one of the other moms talking about our, my, my anger story. She was sharing hers and she's like, girl, you got to get on my podcast and talk about this. So I, I did, I came on and told her my story. And it was at that point, mom started reaching out, Hey, I need help. How do I work through this? And really it's been through coaching women over the last six years um, of destructive anger and burnout that um, my growth went even like got even better, right? Because there's accountability. There's the Lord teaching me through helping clients how to work through and process these things better and, and just continued growth personally. Um, you know, and, and spiritually. The best way I feel like to learn is to teach it. Yes. I've always yes. been told that I've always been told that. And I always believe that it's true. It's like when I would learn something, but once I would teach it, it was like, wow, that really stuck for me too. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, and it hasn't stopped, right? I have absolutely not arrived. I mean, right. I just sent a text to my husband this morning because I emptied all the garbages in the house and I end up on the floor crying. Cause I'm like, why there's so much going on how you know I'm like I sent him a text I'm like okay we need to have a family meeting tonight because emptying the garbages shouldn't end up with mom on the floor crying (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's the reality of it but here's here's the processing of it it was okay like I sat on the floor I'm like it's okay that I'm crying right now I need to process this emotion life isn't terrible I don't have terrible family members it's just a busy moment and we'll get through this and I know that through doing that wanted to send an angry text but I what I'm going to talk about in a minute is how to process anger in the moment I did what I needed to do in the moment feel the emotion and then be constructive and say hey you know what reminder we should probably all sit down and and talk about who needs to pick up the slack around here um, oh and how God. we should be working. How many times I have sent a text based off of emotions. I couldn't even count. <laughs> like, oh, totally. Right. Yes. And, or yes. just not just send an angry text off of emotions, but even just react in a moment based off of emotions and then later feel yes. sorry for that. So. Oh, oh absolutely. And so, again, I still have moments of doing that and I'll talk about the recovery of 
whoops, I made a mistake. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, okay, so I, so that leads us to now. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yes, I think as mom of a bunch of kids and all of my listeners who are moms, um, yes, help us, <laughs> tell us how, <laughs> how, like how you, how you've figured out and navigated the hard moments and what you've learned through all of this. Cause I just think every mom and, and wife and anyone that has a relationship in general at all, <laughs> who, who can, you know, when you're in relationship with others, you, you feelings are involved and mm-hmm. um, there are destructive feelings and there are healthy feelings and, or I should say, there's destructive responses and healthy responses. Um, and so go ahead. I'll let you, I'll let you talk. about. That. Yeah. So first of all, let's make it real clear that your feelings, whether they're negative or positive, it's okay. It's okay to have that feeling. Something that has really happened um, over, you know, culture, growing up, a lot of things is, is that we get this idea that having an emotion makes us a bad person. And so it's okay if you feel angry. Now, let's define what is that normal anger that you feel as opposed to, yeah, that reaction or destructive anger is what I call it, or destructive behavior. When we look at the emotions, we've got joy, and then we have sadness, disgust, um, anger, and then fear, right? And typically that sadness, disgust, and um, fear, those are very vulnerable emotions. And if we're not equipped or understand how to deal with those, they can feel very scary, right? And so we will go to anger to protect ourselves, either to control a situation, to protect ourselves, to uh, deflect something from how we're actually feeling. And in that, it often results in a destructive behavior. So that destructive anger and behavior looks like yelling, screaming, threatening, belittling, um, that teasing that's not really teasing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got passive aggressive behavior like uh, silent treatments or just walking off. Um, I used to get in my car and drive off upset um, when when the kids were really little, um, or when we were first married too. So that kind of behavior, um, or withholding something, right? Withholding a physical affection or, um, allowing our kids to do something that's kind of in the threat category too. So those type of behaviors, those are us trying to protect ourselves, trying to control a situation. And those are hurting our relationships when we're using those. Um, so that's really that part. And then the, the normal anger that you feel is that feeling. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling angry. I'm fe- feeling irritated. Um, that's okay that you're feeling that way. And what we're supposed to do with these negative emotions when we feel them is really look at them like a speed bump. Okay, I'm feeling this way. What's it mean? What's yes. going on that I'm feeling? This is an alarm going off in my system. What do I need to what kind of data do I need to take in to figure out how to deal with what's going on? And that's what leads me to the sit um, in the moment. When you start to feel a negative emotion, start, um, first of all, 
So SIT is an acronym. So S is stop. Stop and if you can, separate. If you're a mom with littles and you can't remove yourself from the room, maybe you remove yourself from the this, this spot, right? So if you're on the floor and you're getting upset, go sit on the couch, okay? Just make that, that movement happen. Um, and then start taking deep breaths. That's the I, inhale, right? When we're inhaling, we're calming the nervous system down. Literally, we have a bone in our head. It's like a kind of a butterfly shape. And as we're taking deep breaths, it's moving back and forth. It's massaging the pituitary gland. It's sending the chemicals out to, to calm us down. So that's why breathing is so important. So start breathing, make a step away, or um, I'll tell moms, go to the bathroom if you can, because the bathroom is a great place to, to excuse yourself to, right? No one questions you when you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> mine, just, um, mine just follow me in though. I know, right? <laughs> I, I could talk about that too. It's totally okay if they're sitting on the other side of the door, beating the door. If that means you're not beating on them, but they're beating on the door, take those deep breaths. It's okay. Right. You know, as long as you that they're going to be safe, right? Right. Um, I never advocate for leaving your children alone in an un unsafe place, right? Right. So making sure your kids are safe. But anyway, so we're inhaling, we're, we're separating. T is tuning in. What's going on right now? Why am I feeling this way? It's okay that I'm feeling this way. Anyone would be feeling this way. So we're validating our emotion and it's okay that we're feeling it. And, you know, are the kids hungry? Did they miss their nap? Am I hormonal? Did I just see something on social media or the news that totally triggered me? Am I having an argument with a friend or my husband? Is there extra stress right now? Moving, death, um, a pandemic. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's going on for me that I'm feeling at this place? What's going on for my kids? Um, or if it's your husband, what's going on for my husband right now? So just taking in that inventory and going, what's going on and validating and then pray. So it's sit and pray. Or you can shorten it to sit and pee to remind yourself, go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the, and, and that's a big movement. You know, lots of people are like, oh, I don't have time to do that whole entire thing. It's more of the act of what do we need to do to interrupt what's going on right now in our mind? Because the, the challenge is, is if we get into the destructive area, that's when we're losing self-control and we want to stay present with ourselves and with the Lord. And so by taking some of those steps, even if you have to stay in the room, you're stopping, you're taking a deep breath, you're giving yourself a second. Okay, what's going on? It's okay that I'm angry right now. Um, and then you're asking the Lord not for patience. I tell everyone, don't pay for, pray for patience, pray for wisdom and discernment in that moment. What can I do right now, Lord? What am I, what do I need to do? Um, pray for strength. Yeah. And so that's kind of that in the moment piece, right? I love that. So what if we've lost it? <laughs> we lost it anyways. We know sit and pray. Hey, I know sit and pray. I teach sit and pray. I still will lose it. Okay. Yeah. I still have moments, <laughs> especially, and I'm just going to throw this out there, especially in my um, hormonal phase, right? When I'm PMSing, I, I'm known to, to get more upset and, and angry quicker, right? Right. And so knowing your hormone cycle is really helpful. And we can talk about that if we have any questions about that. But the point is, you know, knowing that that is really, really important. So we, we lose it. What do we do? Well, that's when we need to go to recovery. 
And that's when we go back and, you know, first we're, we're talking with the Lord. Hey, you know what, Lord, I really messed up there. I hurt, you know, this relationship that you've put in my life. Please forgive me for that and help me to recover well with this person. And please be with this person for, you know, or this kiddo. Um, help them recover from how I treated them. And then we go back to that person and we take responsibility first and foremost. Doesn't matter if if the kiddo, we're going to use a kiddo example, doesn't matter if the kiddo was in the wrong or not, we need to go back and make it right with them before we talk about what happened with them, right? Yeah. So, hey, honey, I'm really sorry. Mom, it was okay that mom was angry, but it wasn't okay that I yelled at you please forgive me for yelling at you. I'm sure that was scary, right? So saying something like that or just validating how they're feeling. How did it make you feel when I yelled at you? Um, You know, oh, scary. Okay, yeah, I can totally understand why that would be scary, right? So we're validating how they're feeling. And then, so after we've apologized, then we can go, um, hey, so it wasn't okay that your sister stole your toy from you, but it also wasn't okay to go grab it throw her, you know, push her on the ground, make her cry for it. So, you know, you're discussing the consequence and the behavior there and going, this, this wasn't okay. Um, so your toy's going to be in timeout for 15 minutes now because of what, what happened. That's when we can offer the consequence if needed with, with our kids. Right. Right. Um, same thing with teenagers. Like my kids know at this stage, it's usually something to do with technology for them. Right. So <laughs> if I'm really upset, like, that's it. You're losing your phone for a week. You know, um, we've already made an agreement. Not when we've been upset. I've, I've sat down with the kids and said, you know, sometimes mom says things or we all say things we don't mean when we're upset. And if I threaten something when I'm upset, which I'm going to try to continue working on not doing, but if I do make that mistake, just know that that threat doesn't stand. We'll talk about the consequence after we've worked through what's really going on. Right. So consequences should usually always should always come in the end. Um, and, and that's when our kids are going to be more receptive to, to hearing it. Right. Because if we're threatening, yeah, when we're threatening, when we're angry, they're just going to be angry back and there's not going to be any resolve. They're just going to be mad that you're taking something away. They weren't validated. They weren't heard. They just were abused by you in some form or fashion with how you were acting. Right. And so it's, it's important to understand that let's talk about consequences afterwards. Even if we made the threat, you can take that threat back and go, you know, I was wrong in saying that actually, this is what we need to work on. And you can involve the kids. You know, if we want to go real constructive, involve the kids on what, what consequence do you think is, is important for this? You know, if, yeah. if they're older. So that's great. Yeah. So, um, sit and pray are, is our, one of our tools, I love that. I'm going to put that in the show notes. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I know that you had kind of talked about like destructive anger. For you to dig into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So righteous anger, like that's when we are, um, it's, we're moving from a place of this is wrong and it's not okay. Right. So I had someone just ask me the other day, well, how about when Jesus flipped the tables over? That's usually the biggest one, right? That's one of his biggest demonstrations. 
um, he was making that demonstration. And I'm not a theologian and honest, I mean, be completely transparent. I haven't studied that fully. I mean, I know I've read it and everything, but I haven't studied it fully from that perspective as much as I try to look at it in the way of if your child's running out in the middle of the street and you scream at your child, is it because you're angry or because you're trying to make a point? Right. Right. It's not okay. The car's coming towards your child. There's that righteous um, demonstration, right? So I, you know, the Lord made a righteous demonstration. He demonstrated this is not okay. And this is hurting um, what God's will is here. And so that's the same type of of righteous anger in that. Um, So does that kind of. Yeah, that's great. Okay. I love that because I think we get, we excuse ourselves saying, well, that was righteous anger. Right. You know, and absolutely, you know, we can, and we, we will. And and here's how um, I really look at it. Like, was it okay that I got upset like that? You know, they needed to hear that. Right. And it's like, well, what is the Lord saying in your heart? What are you being convicted of? Are you feeling guilty? Are you feeling bad about it? Right. So if there's, if there's that conviction going on inside and how do we know if we're in the word daily, if we're taking time every day, even if it's just five minutes, I tell moms, I know the Lord knows what season you're in, especially when you have littles, right? He knows what season you're in. But if you can take five minutes just to pray, you know, take a bite-sized devotional or get into the word, read a Bible verse or two, memorize a Bible verse, do something to hear from the Lord. Um, you're going to hear from him more and recognize his voice. That's, that's the most important thing. You're going to recognize God's voice in those moments. Yeah. This is him really speaking into your heart right now yeah. and, and being confident in that. Right. Yeah. So um, in one thing too, so I have a free uh, trigger tracker PDF for all listeners to go check out. And you just enter your email. It's free. You'll get the download. And the trigger tracker is for looking back at. So you blew it. You got upset. Let's not just, you know, pass it off like, uh, whatever. It's no big deal. Or, oh, I just don't know how to deal with it. Let's actually take a look at it so we can start actively processing and working on why you're getting to that point and how you can start thinking positively to change how you're reacting in the future. And so the trigger tracker asks, it's like a journal prompt. It asks a bunch of different questions. It'll ask what was going on for you. It'll ask, what did you do? And that's like the most unfun question on the, the, the thing, because you have to write out like, what did you do? Well, I yelled and I slammed the door and I threatened, you know, what did you say? So it's, it's confessing that, right? Right. And, and so we're looking at that. And then what was going on? Like I said before, when we were talking about the, the tune in part of sit and pray, um, what was going on, on around you that was adding to this circumstance? And then it's, it's asking, what do you want this to look like the next time? If you could relive this moment in a healthy way, what, what would that look like for you? The word, what, what does the word say about either this circumstance, this type of circumstance, or how to work through what's going on in your heart in this circumstance? Um, and you can take any circumstance or word and take it to the internet and put Bible verse in it, and you'll get a load of different vi- Bible verses to accommodate that 
what's going on for you there, right? So that's one way you can look at it. Um, and so and just it, it prompts you to, to pray over, you know, this event. So what you're doing is you're giving yourself a moment to just kind of self-check and evaluate. Ask the Lord to search your heart, right, and to speak to you. And hopefully what you're starting to do is start to create a new pattern. That's kind of your first step into a new pattern of how do I deal with this trigger next time? And not all triggers will be the same, but you could probably look throughout your day and there's probably a few things, handful of times that, that trigger you, you know, could it be that nobody ever takes the garbage out? So mom ends up having to do it before when the garbage truck is right down the street, (laughs) you know, (laughs) could it be, you know, that could it be bedtime getting out of the house in the morning? You know, we have big triggers when it's, when we're trying to get the kids to move, to do something. Right. Yeah. So working through those type of, of situations and it might even take you deeper. Why is it so important to me that my kids' rooms are clean? Well, what was it like for me growing up? You know, so it's just kind of giving ourselves that time to do this, this check and, and, not just keep going on the hamster wheel, but jump off and go, how can I start towards healing and working towards a better way of dealing with this and these challenges than just steamrolling through and praying every night in tears and guilt and shame and going, oh, it's just never going to end. Um, I'm not going to do it tomorrow and waking up the next day and getting triggered, which yes. I really want to touch on the that that piece in a minute but I've been saying so much I want to give you no, a that's moment. okay go ahead <laughs> no go ahead okay so when it comes to the guilt and shame piece that's another piece that keeps us in the triggering moments because what happens is if we haven't really learned to fully give that up that guilt and shame to the Lord if we haven't been able to do that then it's hovering over us and it's keeping us in this cycle of continuing um, to be overwhelmed burnt out and angry. And so um, that's another place where coming to the, the word, coming to time with the Lord every day, asking him to search your heart, to grow you, to give you wisdom, discernment. Um, that is, is so important. And, and then laying down that guilt and shame at the cross, right? Yeah. There is, um, I just, I remember having this moment where I was carrying guilt and shame and I just, you know, I really feel like the Lord is speaking to me. And I kind of had this thought where I close my eyes and I'm just looking up at Jesus and basically saying, you didn't do enough because I still have to carry this guilt and shame of how I'm treating my kids and that I can't get over this, you know, and, and you obviously don't know what's good for me because you gave me the, these kids and I'm not getting over, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting them. And so it's, it's looking up to him and saying he didn't do enough on the cross, which is absolutely right. not true, right? It's just right. us thinking that we need to continually, um, basically punish ourselves for our sin instead of releasing those to the Lord and saying, I messed up and you knew that and you thought about this. I, I think about this. You thought about this very moment when I just made a mistake with my kids while you were on the cross. You took this on at that moment, knowing, knowing that today I was going to make this mistake, yet you still did what you did for me. Yeah. Right? And so we, we surrender our guilt and right. our shame to him, and we let him take it, and he makes it nothing. Right? 
And so we get to move on to the next day, really fully believing that we've been covered by grace and that today is a new day. We are, we get to start a new day and we get to um, try again that day to serve the Lord by loving our families well. So good. That's exactly what amazing grace is. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so sweet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I mean, I think that I just think about most people's testimony when they are stuck in their guilt and shame, and then they realize the message of grace and like, no, God released you from all of that guilt and shame on the that is why so many people come to come to their saving faith because they realize what Christ did on the cross. And if we don't realize that we just get stuck in that cycle. And I, it's crazy because you can be saved, but then you can still let that shame and that guilt in certain areas keep you stuck. And Mm -hmm. you have to recognize those, those places still, you know, place guilt and shame on yourself because that's Satan keeping you stuck, you know, and not letting you, um, mature in your faith, but God's already won. You can lay that down and you don't have to carry that anymore. So I love that. That is so good. Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, we absolutely will get to that place where it's almost like morbid, but it's like, it feels good to lick our own wounds. Right. So to have that self pity, that's pride. So we can also put that pride piece in there. So we're carrying guilt, shame, and pride. And so we have to be able to turn that over to the Lord. And he's so, so restorative and redemptive. And I just love to throw this piece in there where you hear the story of what happened with Enya and me, my oldest, right? And today our relationship is not anywhere where you would think it would be or where I thought it would be when I'm on the floor crying and screaming at her when she's two it's in such a beautiful place right it's not perfect it's not perfect and there's still challenges and stuff that we have to work through together but it's beautiful and it's love loving and and she knows her story what you hear today she's heard and, and I throw this out there because there might be moms who are listening who, whose kids might be um, older or even out of the house. And it can feel like I messed up. I screwed them up for life. And there's no, there's no fixing that. And that's not true. If you're still alive and breathing, you absolutely can pick up that phone or meet your child and say, I made mistakes when I was, when you were little and I want to take responsibility for those and apologize. And Enya knows that as she's growing up, all my girls know as they're growing up, if there's something that happened that I did that really made an impact on them in a negative way, and it comes up for them and they need to talk to me about it or ask me questions, they know that I'm open to that and I want to, I want to make it right for them. I don't want that to hinder their progress in what the Lord wants for them in their life. And so by reaching that, I guess, olive branch out to your kids, um, and, and praying over them and asking the Lord to restore and redeem. He absolutely does. That's what he does. Right. Uh, yeah. So just wanted to give that encouragement to you as well, that you're, it's never too late. If you're breathing and you're alive, it's never too late. Yeah. Um, and, and you can ask for forgiveness if your kids are no longer here as well. 
the Lord can restore that for you as well. So he's just always looking to the Lord's mercy and grace and covering and restoration of what he's doing in our hearts um, because he's calling us to him like that. Well, I can tell you that I, I mean, this conversation was so encouraging. So I know there's women and moms and wives that are that have to be encouraged by it. And, and even if they don't have children yet, just the trigger tracker, I think would be just incredible. Like relationship um, mm-hmm. that you're in when you're reading a certain way, um, you have such an important ministry for us women, because I think women are emotional beings are the first ones to act off of feelings more so than men because I think they're, they just process differently. And so, I mean, your ministry is just awesome. And, and they're just, just so my listeners know, if this is something that you really struggle with, she is a life coach and she does have a full program. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Go. Um, Oh yeah, sure. So it's called the motherhood restored program and it's, it's one-on-one coaching. Um, There's, so many awesome programs out there and I encourage you to go searching and looking for those things but I'm kind of what I call the person that you come to if you've gone through all the stuff read all the books and you feel like you're still struggling um to just walk next to you a one-on-one relationship um that's what I'm here for and what I do within my um my coaching so uh I'm over at nataliehickson.com And, um, yeah, that's where you can find me and check it out. And the trigger tracker, is that also on your website? Yes, that is also on the website. Okay. It's very, very clear to find. (laughs) And then I'm going to ask a question. So, um, what is one word or one, not just one word, but one word of encouragement, it can be many words, um, (laughs) that you want our moms to take with us today as we um, just go out into our motherhood journey. One of your best pieces of advice for moms. Yeah. You actually kind of said something about it in the beginning. You felt like you were alone um, in what you're, you're, you've been experiencing or have experienced and you're not alone. You are a special person. God made you unique in who you are, but you are not a special snowflake as my personal life coach has told me. (laughs) (laughs) And the struggles that you are facing and the challenges that you are facing, um, somebody else has or is going through those same struggles. And so don't sit there thinking that you can't change, that you're too far gone. Um, That's not how the Lord works. So reach out, pray, ask for some help. Um, Doesn't matter if it's me or somebody you trust who you know you can go to and talk about. Open up and say, I'm struggling in this area and I really need help and I need prayer and I need encouragement to um, learn how to walk through this and face my guilt and shame and stand up and, and change not only the relationship with my family, but generational relationships, you know, because when you make that change, and you start changing those, those relationships within your family, your kids are going to be able to take that kids and, um, for generations. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Natalie, you guys go, um, if you guys want the trigger or if you want to look further in it's nataliehickson.com. I'll put, um, the link in the show notes. Um, but thank you so much, Natalie, would you close us in prayer? 
Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had today. Lord, I just pray that you will please uh, speak to those mamas out there who this story may have touched their hearts, Lord, and they're not sure even where to begin. And I just pray that they will um, hear your voice, that they will begin by speaking to you, reaching up to you, and trusting that you are here to restore, redeem, grow, and use all of our challenges, Lord, for your glory, Lord, that we will be able to use our stories to encourage others and that you will just make this beautiful scenario in our life um, and use us for you lord please be with those mamas and thank you lord for all of your grace your love and everything that you do you're so amazing in jesus precious name we pray amen amen thank you Thank you so much for listening to the Faithful Mama podcast, a place where we fill up on Jesus so we can pour into others. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to head over to the ratings and review section. And if this is something that you know will touch another mama's heart, please share it with her. And as always, stay faithful.